Lonnie and Kay were high school sweethearts. But over time, the never-ending conflict and their loss of love threatened to tear their marriage apart. When we filled out our forms with Focus on the Family, they asked us if we believed in a miracle, if we were willing to allow a miracle to happen. And, you know, with all my heart, that's what I wanted. Lonnie and Kay attended Hope Restored, where Focus counselors help heal and restore broken relationships, giving husbands and wives godly hope for the future. I guess what I'd say is I cherish her now more than I did before, and I, and I have a way that I can communicate to her that I did not have before, and Focus on the Family has given me that ability. I'm Jim Daly. Working together, we can save more families like Kay and Lonnie's every month. Become a friend to Focus on the Family by calling 800-A-FAMILY or donate at focusonthefamily.com family. It's really common for couples to have disagreements about money. I remember a coworker who said, I'm only here because my husband wants toys. He wants a boat. He wants ATVs. He wants this and that. And you could tell that her heart wasn't in it. And so there was an obvious disagreement about money right there. I'm fortunate my spouse and I are generally on the same page, although we've playfully admitted that we both have these little sinkhole areas where the money just flows out pretty freely and we've had to figure all that out. Now, maybe you've had to figure some things out or you feel like, I got to figure this out, but my husband or my wife doesn't want to. Uh, we're here to help. I'm John Fuller, along with Erin Smalley. She's a counselor, and um, she's on the team here at Focus on the Family. She and Greg lead the marriage team. And we're going to turn and listen now to Chuck Bentley. He's the CEO of Crown Financial Ministries, and he and his wife, Ann, are very candid about their own struggles with money and the years it took for them to reach agreement generally on their finances. And here's part of their story as told to Jim Daly. Chuck and Ann, welcome to Focus on the Family. Uh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Jim. It's good to have both of you. This is that common topic. I mean, we do cover this from time to time regularly because it is one of the core problems that crop up in marriage. Uh, describe for us, if you will, I mean, the early years for you, kind of paint the picture for the viewers, the listeners about where the Bentleys were at early on and what were some of those issues that uh, propped up in your marriage about finances? Well, they say out of your misery comes your ministry, Jen. <laughs> so uh, I would say misery describes sort of where we were. We loved each other. We met and married uh, very quickly. Uh, I asked Ann to marry me after six weeks of hmm. knowing her. So okay, I, hang on a second. Ann, is that true? Yes, it what is. What did your mom it, and dad think of that? <laughs> well, uh, I didn't really ask. We were, still in, we were still in college. I knew better than to ask. Right. Uh, we I'm were, sure. Oh, was, was that a shock for you, though? I mean, I'm sure you were in love and moving that direction, but six weeks is a pretty, pretty quick moment to go, okay, do you want to make this permanent? I, we were, yeah, we were in agreement. <laughs> That's good. That's good. But we didn't know each other, Jim, <laughs> and we knew we loved each other, and that's always held true. We've always loved each other, uh, but as you know, opposites attract, and then after they get married, they attack. And, you know, <laughs> so I was uh, difficult to live with, and when it came to money, I had a very stubborn view of it. So I treated Ann like I was the right opposite and she was the wrong opposite, like I, we're totally different. 
But my view was if she would just be more like me, then we would get along. You're classic. And uh, <laughs> I treated her that way for many, many years. I mean, mm-hmm. I expected her to become like me. And so she lived under that sort of oppressive view of uh, who she was. And I don't think it allowed her to flourish. It didn't allow her to um, contribute uh, to the financial difficulties we were having. I was causing them. She was trying to solve them, but I didn't give her the space to do that. Well, that's important. Describe for us your, if I could say it this way, your financial personality. That might help Hmm. us better understand you as a couple. So, Ann, what, what was your approach to money? I grew up in a home of school teachers. So we were savers, and I never knew that we didn't have much growing up. You know, I was born in the 50s, so... But money was then, tight, you know. And I, but I didn't know it, Jim. Okay, we yeah. just lived very frugally. Yeah. Totally different from Chuck's upbringing. Mm. And it didn't dawn on us until later in our marriage how differently we had been raised and why that had affected how we viewed money. Well, what was yours, Chuck? What well, was she's yours? the classic saver, and I'm the classic spender. I'm okay. the big spender in the family. I right. like to spend money... Uh, I have big dreams, big goals, big ideas. If it's got four-wheel drive, camouflage, or any of those kind of things, and I would want to buy it. And uh, I'm a risk taker. I grew up in the oil and gas business. Mm-hmm. That's my family background. So when Ann and I married, I was ready to take a lot of risks. And she was always driving with her foot on the brake. So it immediately caused conflict. I really didn't even know how to save. It wasn't in my worldview that we need to save money for the future. It was, we need to invest and take a lot of risk. And but more, this conflict went on for quite some time, right? I mean, years. I mean, like a decade, like no, two decades? two decades. Okay. No, and I think that, <laughs> wow. you know, there's a realism in that. And I appreciate that being the case because these aren't things that you can kind of unwrap easily and then put back together. And during this time, I mean, 20 years of being married to a spender when the dollars weren't necessarily there, how did you how did you approach things? I mean, how did you go to Chuck and say, honey, we got a problem? Well, I was raised in a church going home, but I was biblically illiterate. And by the grace of God, some women invited me to a Bible study. And it's where I first started learning what God said. How many years have you been married at this time? Oh, goodness. I think I was 30 when I started. It was in a Bible study. At that point, we had baby number two. We'd been married nine years. Okay. So nine years in, which, you know, Mm -hmm. you should have some maturing uh, signals there. But here you are in this Bible study. And what happened? And then... um, It wasn't immediately, but several years later, an older woman said, and she didn't even know that I was going through anything. She was talking to a group of us and just said, you know, it's not wise to nag your husbands. She said, it's always better to just pray first. Go to God with it. Ask him to work it out. So that moment, I mean, that woman said that, and then you thought about that. How did it change your behavior? I started praying. I just took it to the Lord. We went through a lot of financial pain, Jim. I went on the course that I thought was best for us. And so I would make investments or decisions that didn't work out. Uh And we would live on the financial edge. Mm -hmm. And it it made Ann feel very insecure. Mm -hmm. And looking back, I see why she was trying to get my attention, but I was just too stubborn to listen. I think I had that mindset of, I need to have the answers and I don't need to ask anybody for help. So I was insular. I was trying to figure everything out myself. 
I wasn't listening to her. And unbeknownst to me, she had just sort of given up. And she was praying for me that God would get my attention. And what's interesting, Jim, is even though we had a lot of financial pain, I would just double down. You know, some people go through financial pain and they say, okay, I'm not going to do that again. I would just sort of keep Well, that's your risk-taker attitude. Yeah, I'll get it all back. I'll get it all back. Well, your solution was to just make more money. Yeah, my always. I mean, my was driven by more. Yeah. And more would solve the problem. And quite frankly, I really thought it would. I thought the more successful I became, the happier Ann would become. And little did I know, the more successful I became, the unhappier she became. Well, Erin, as we listen to that give and take and that push and pull and that tension that the Bentleys experienced, uh, something that Ann said really grabbed me, and that's the importance of praying for your husband instead of nagging him. Mm. And uh, there are many, many wives, I'm sure, frustrated by how their husband spends the money. What are some specific things that that woman can pray for? Mm-hmm. It's it's key to recognize if, if you're frustrated with your husband over spending habits, investments, whatever, or lack thereof, whatever it is, you know, stepping back and going, what is this triggering inside of me? Frustration is a reaction. So thus, more than likely, something's getting stirred up inside of you. Is it something, a fear from childhood? Like maybe I was raised in a family where we never had money or money was mismanaged or I felt unsafe. I didn't know if I was going to have food on the table for the next meal. What is it stirring up? Is it fear of not being protected, fear of being unsafe? What What is it that's going on? Because as you manage that, your heart is going to open. And then you can go to your spouse in a much more open manner, a loving manner, and discuss what's going on. But when you're praying for him... And you're praying for your marriage, for your team, because I believe that in finances, especially your teammates, you're one, you're unified and you're seeking to be unified. Pray for, you know, wisdom, pray for discernment, pray for unity between the two of you. Pray that if you're struggling and he's struggling and not knowing what to do for a mentor, for a mentor couple that can come and sit with you guys. But what is so important is bringing it up and talking about it is key. Staying silent and saying nothing is not going to do anything good for the relationship and for the marriage. Well, I'm going to take you back to what you opened with. I, I asked, what can she pray pray about? And you said, her. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, um, and I know a couple, they're right there. It's um, he is doing all this stuff, and I don't get it, and I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. And she talks to friends, and I, I'm sure she prays. Mm-hmm. But it sounds to me like your first step of, of advice is not uh-huh. talk about it, but talk yes. to God about what's my part yes, in this. Yes, what's going on in me. Why am I so frustrated by this this yes. guy and what he's doing? And, and make it right with God yes. before you start talking to God about your spouse. Yes. And so often, and I can speak from experience with this, I do not like numbers. <laughs> and so when Greg says the word budget, I can feel so much go on inside of me. And so it's it's important to recognize that if, you're, if your husband is carrying the load of 
taking care of the finances, which some oftentimes it's the woman who's doing that. And so if he is doing that, you know, it's, it's not fair for me to go, I don't like what you're doing and I'm not involved at all. And, or I'm clueless. And, you know, it's, it's for me checking in and going, what's going on with me that when he says the word budget, I feel all kinds of stuff inside Mm -hmm. of me. Granted, we are a team. And Greg and I pursue our finances together collectively. He takes the lead because he's better at it. And I know that that is often the uh, advice given by financial experts is whoever's better at it, do it. Granted, don't do it alone. That's why Dina does the day-to-day finances. Because early on in our marriage, I bounced a couple of checks. I had to change (laughs) checking accounts and banks eventually because I just couldn't do it. You're like, there's supposed to be money in there. And she's like, let me do this. And (laughs) so so she's done most of that day-to-day finances because she's just better (laughs) at it. Better at it. John, were you one of those that there's supposed to be money in there? So if money's not at this bank, I'm going to go to this bank. (laughs) I think early on, I just didn't want to try to get my head around it all. Now, I do the long-term stuff, all the retirement and... And all of that, she yields to me on that. But it took some time for us to recognize, you're better at this, I'm better at that. I I felt like I'm the guy, I should be doing the checkbook. She's like, you can't. You just can't. Yeah, and maybe that's not your strength. And it's okay to, your teammate is the one that you can depend on. So I want to encourage couples who are listening who are so frustrated around finances, it is never too late to write a new history in any area of your marriage. Mm. And so even around finances, sit down, have an open-hearted conversation. Once you've checked in with you, what's going on with me? God, open my heart and have a conversation about, I really want to do this with you. Things haven't gone well historically with our finances. Maybe historically finances hasn't been one of our strengths, but gosh, I want you to know I want to write a new history with you. It's never too late. I hope that you, if nothing else, you heard that right here today. And if money is one of those things uh, that is a challenge, uh, take our free marriage assessment, which will perhaps show you another area of challenge. (laughs) Or actually, I like to say growth opportunity. Yes, thank you. Frame it it positively. uh, Yes, and a million, (laughs) I think over a million people have taken this. Now, uh, it's a free marriage assessment. It will show you where you're doing well, so you can pat yourself on the back and feel good about the things that, uh, that are going well in the relationship. We've got a link in the episode notes to find that marriage assessment. And then if we've helped you, then let me ask if you would just consider making a one-time gift or a monthly pledge to the Ministry of Focus on the Family. When you do that today, we'll make sure to send a copy of the great book by Chuck and Ann Bentley, which uh, covers their story and has some great practical insights that you can implement. It's called Money Problems, Marriage Solutions. And again, uh, all the details are going to be in the show notes. More from the Bentleys next time. Uh, For now, on behalf of Aaron Smalley and the rest of the team here, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.